Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following is an interview that I did um, this morning with Hillsborough County Commissioner Stacy White. Um, and primarily, this interview has to do with the lawsuit that he's bringing to um, thwart and push back the sales tax that was approved in November of 2017. And um, this is where the process is. And this is, I gave him some time uh, to have a long form discussion about what the lawsuit's about and all the in particular. So um, this is not a general interview about the condition of the county. This is not a state of the county address or, or, or interview. Uh, we only cover one subject and we cover the sales tax and all the particulars about the sales tax and the passage thereof. Please enjoy this interview. Thank you again um, to Commissioner White for spending some time with us. I hope that um, we get to air all this stuff out a- in a way that is beneficial not only to Commissioner White, but to the general public and the voters of Hillsborough County. Well, good morning and welcome to um, to the heart of the matter. My name is Willie Lawson and we've got a very, very special show this morning. Uh, I'm getting a chance to have a, a sit down, a one-on-one with Commissioner Stacey White of the Hillsborough County um, Commissioners. And um, there are some issues here in Hillsborough County that we have to talk about. And I think that um, Commissioner White has not been given an opportunity to talk about in a long form because the local media is really not interested in the long form discussion. They're more interested in the agenda. And you know what we do here at Heart of the Matter. We get to the heart of the matter. So good morning, um, Commissioner White. How are you today? Willie, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. It is it is my honor. Um, you know what, we've, I don't know if you found that, that to be true, that, you know, I guess we want to throw rocks at, at people who say they're doing their job, but have you found that you've been given a fair shake on any of the issues like leading up to the, uh, the lawsuit on the sales tax or any of the other issues that you have brought forth? Because you have been, you have been the fly and you went on the, on, on, on the county commission and those of us who agree with you appreciate it. Um, but you feel like you've been given a fair shake in any, any of the things that you've talked about here with local media. I really don't feel like I've been given a, a fair shake by the mainstream media. Um, you know, it is about an agenda, like you said, and in my humble opinion, uh, you know, really the media has, has, has continued with this narrative uh, that I'm simply saying that uh, the voters of Hillsborough County aren't very smart, and they just didn't know what they were voting on. Uh, that's simply not the case, and there are really uh, some some complicated and, and very real legal issues with this referendum that passed. I You know, I had a discussion with somebody just, just a few minutes ago on my way up here about this idea of petition-to-ballot uh, mentality that, that we've been experiencing in the state of Florida um, on, on, the, on the state level with like things like Amendment 4 um, that I think conceptually as a conservative I agree with. 
Um, but the mechanics of how it was done are ridiculous. Um, it's the, the whole reverse engineering. So that, so if it didn't work on a state level, and we saw it a couple of times, um, for instance, um, when we talk about the marijuana, uh, uh, medical marijuana thing, um, didn't we see that the probably the, the average voter thought that people who were sick would get to smoke marijuana and feel better? And that was their emotional attachment. What we found out was that that now that you have to reverse engineer it, that's not what happened at all. Mm-hmm. Because now you had to go backwards through the process that the petition is not the law. And I think we, we're experiencing the same thing with the referendum. That that's basically a petition to ballot a, a situation where that is not the law. Now the law and all the accoutrement that goes with the law now have to be reverse engineered. And is that a big part of what we're dealing with? It is. And I know there's a proposal in the legislature this cycle to, to simply require that when you have one of these county charter amendments, uh, that they be required to produce a legal opinion that, that, would, um, uh, that would substantiate that the proposed amendment is indeed lawful. Because, you know, what we've seen this time was... Um, uh, this um, initiative that moved very quickly. It, it started late in the process. It moved very quickly. I have yet to see any type of proof or production that the folks that were behind this um, got a legal opinion substantiating whether or not uh, the referendum is consistent with general law. I certainly don't believe it is consistent with general law, and I'm sure we're going to talk about that as, as the show goes on, but. Um, you know, I don't think that's too much to, to ask as part of this process. Well, you would think that in the spirit of transparency, you would provide some sort of some sort of legal opinion on what you're proposing to put on the ballot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and if for nothing else, it would seem like you would do that for posterity's sake so people couldn't come back later and, re- and reverse what you did because what you did was illegal. Um, but of course, I'm of the mind that any time that in the even in the federal in, in, in the federal system before they <clears throat> attach to every bill, it should be someplace someplace they go to the Constitution that gives Congress the right to actually do it. Mm-hmm. But you know, can't go by me. <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking for you to do what you're supposed to do. Yep. Um, so let's get to that. Um, so the the folks that I have put together, and it was and it is, and I think. People, like you said, think that it was the voters that put this together, but it was actually a consortium mm-hmm. of business people downtown, actually, that put this idea together. Absolutely. So, of course, what we're talking about is the uh, the one-cent um, sales tax yes. increase that passed this past November. And, you know, I think a lot of folks, uh, even right-leaning folks, conservative folks, you know, had just thrown up their hands and have said, you know, we have such a problem with um, with traffic congestion in Hillsborough County that, that we have to do something. And, and I think many saw that as an opportunity to, in some way, shape, or form, move forward. The problem, though, is that what passed is not simply a sales tax increase for transportation. What passed is an amendment to the Hillsborough County Charter that actually has a lot of provisions that were implemented along with that sales tax increase. So the devil's in the details. The devil is in the details. (laughs) Now, counties are able to um, enact 
a transportation sales tax like this pursuant to um, Chapter 212, Florida Statutes, uh, specifically 212.055. Sales tax um, is preempted to the state of Florida. So counties can only enact a sales tax if specifically authorized by the state through general law. So 212.055 is what allows counties uh, to implement these these transportation uh, surtaxes. Um, and it's interesting because when you read 212.055, it, it has a, a number of, of transportation-oriented projects that are allowed. And it says that the dollars can be uh, spent on as many or as few of those that are enumerated as deemed appropriate by the county commission. So what we see here in this charter provision is not only the enactment of the sales tax, but there's the creation of this independent oversight committee. Which is not part if I can, if I can mm-hmm. get sure. into, if, yeah. if I can sort of put a little spoiler, which is not part of the state law that you're talking about. Correct. Oh, okay. And 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 frankly, it's probably unconstitutional as well because this is much much more than just an advisory committee. This is a committee that literally has veto power over over the the duly elected county commissioners. Now, when when this. By the way, the folks that, that brought this forward um, spent $4 million on a campaign to get, this, to get this passed. So when you look at all the glossy mail pieces that hit your mailbox as part of this $4 million campaign, you know, it spoke in terms of, um, of, of you know, taking this out of the hand of the untrustworthy politicians and things like that. That sounds great on paper, but the flip side to that is, you're giving power to a committee that's not consistent with general law, probably unconstitutional, that are not accountable to the people in any way, shape, or form. As a duly elected official, the people in my district uh, get to decide every four years whether or not they want to keep me as their county commissioner or whether they want to fire me. That accountability would not exist with this independent oversight committee. Uh, So that's issue number one. Uh, Issue number two is that there are predetermined spending allocations spelled out on how these dollars can be spent within this county charter amendment. Again, that's inconsistent with 212.055 because you're not giving the county commission the opportunity to make a reasoned decision in working with the people, by the way, you know, that, that, that takes away the ability for the county commission to hold public hearings, listen to constituents, and make reasoned decisions on how these dollars can be spent. Uh, so, for example, there are severe restrictions on road spending um, in, in this, in this uh, charter amendment. Okay. Um, in fact, my calculations show that um, that only about a half mile of road could be widened or, or, or new roads being built, about a half mile per year with a tax that's going to bring in $300 million a year, $16 billion that's over its lifetime. Yeah, there, there, there are restrictions on what they call in the charter provision on um, added automobile 
lane capacity. That's defined as either widening a road, widening a road from from two lanes to four lanes, or from building a brand new two-lane road. Again, my calculations show that with all that money coming into the coffers, a half we can only do about a half mile a year. I guarantee most of the folks that went to the ballot box didn't have any idea, no idea that because I, because I, I think that I think you're right. I think a lot of people thought that this was going to be something that would improve their that would improve their drive to work yeah, or their drive on Saturday afternoon or their drive to the beach. Um, I think that because it's it's the traffic that they're worried about um, that someone that it would Im- improve my drive to work from Temple Crest to Brandon and that ridiculous interchange at 92 and I-4 and 75 that was just constructed by, I don't know, people on crack. I have no <laughs> idea who, who, how, how the geniuses yeah. thought that up, putting everybody in that, that right lane. Yeah. But uh, And I've said a bunch of times that unless they tear all this down and rethink it, mm-hmm. and but this, but well, you're telling me only a half mile a year? Absolutely. And if this would have Correct. simply been levied pursuant to 212.055, the county commission could get to work on making reasoned decisions on what will best benefit everyone across this county, whether you live in an urban area, a suburban area, or a rural area. Um, so, so we have uh, the first two issues, the independent oversight committee, the predetermined spending allocations. Okay. Before I leave the predetermined spending allocations, so let me just say that with all this money coming in, um, with this charter provision, 46%, so nearly half, gets skimmed right off the top and goes to the Metropolitan Planning Organization and HART, the Hillsborough area. Sounds like a money grab. It is a money grab, and it's a money grab for mass transit that would specifically benefit certain areas in the urban core. Like so, Water Street. Like the Water Street development. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to be plain, mm-hmm. uh, Commissioner. Um, it just seems like not only Water Street, um, but certain individuals that have, thank you, but have put in a lot of money, and um, this w- this would benefit them directly. Absolutely. So you're talking about moneyed interests in downtown Tampa. So when you, so so, for your listeners' benefit, um, you have Hillsborough <laughs> County. We have three incorporated cities in Hillsborough County. Of course, everyone knows Tampa. We also have Temple Terrace and Plant City. That rounds out the three incorporated cities. When you look at our population breakdown, about two-thirds of our residents live in unincorporated Hillsborough County. But I've got to tell you, um, those two-thirds of the residents that live in unincorporated Hillsborough County are going to see little, if anything, from this. It's all about these interests in the urban core. That is just wrong. That is just wrong. That is, that is, it, it, it seems to be the, the, the exactly, the exactly the example of, of taxation without representation. Absolutely. Um, um, so I always try to, try to go back to the, the original intent. It seems, and it seems perfectly reasonable that those who live in unincorporated Hillsborough County, South County, and East County would say, what's in this for us? And there's, and there's and not there, and, and there's basically sense. nothing in it for them. That, that's, and nobody has the nerve to say, well, nothing, really. Yeah. 
<laughs> Except I have the nerve to say <laughs> you that. have nothing. This is this is this is all for, and it's not even and 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 you've done the studies, so tell me, it's not even for everybody who lives in the city of Tampa. It's not. It's it's literally about that small portion of the urban core right around downtown Tampa and Channel Side. That's what this thing is all about. Uh, so it so it benefits a, a very small few at the expense of many. So. And they've spent $4 million plus dollars, so they're going to fight like the Dickens to protect their interest and their investment. Yes, and that $4 million, I can guarantee you, was not them funding a campaign for the betterment of the community. It was an investment in their mind to get this passed and get these, these dollars flowing into the coffers uh, to, to benefit their project. So the first two issues, uh, Independent Oversight Committee, predetermined allocations uh, for spending. So the third issue that, that my lawsuit addresses is the ballot summary language. And um, I allege that it was um, confusing at best and misleading at worst. And, and I'll, I'll give you an example. The most egregious part of it is when, if, if you go back and review that ballot summary from the November election, um, you know, it, 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 it asks the question of... Um, of um, enacting this this charter amendment uh, to improve transportation, and it mentions the three cities: Tampa, Temple Terrace, and Plant City. But it goes on to mention three unincorporated communities in Hillsborough County. It mentions Town and Country by name. It mentions Sun City Center by name, and it mentions Brandon by name. Town and Country, Sun City Center, and Brandon are all unincorporated communities. They get no special treatment. They don't get picks to the committee like the cities do. They don't receive any special funding like the cities do. But I think one could make a, a very strong argument that if you live in town and country, if you live in Sun City Center, if you live in Brandon and see your community in that summary called out by name, I think it's pretty reasonable to think that, that many voters would think that wow, there's something in this specifically for my community, and there's not. Um, so, so Well, I, you're being nice, but what I'm going to say is that's misleading. <laughs> I, I'm not going to say it's misleading yeah. because it, yeah. because for me it, it obviously is. Um, no. Someone said, oh, if you, if you live in Brandon, it, well, it says Brandon right here in the thing, so you know what, and, and that traffic on Highway 60 is murder. I do it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if it improves that, well, yeah, I'll vote for that. That's mm-hmm. misleading. Yes, yes. And, um, um, you know, I, I, uh, I listen, I, 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 I agree. Um, I, I think you and I can both agree that those are three areas with, number one, a lot of voters. And, and secondly, a lot of um, center-right, right-leaning voters. Okay. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let your listeners connect the dots and figure out, you know, why those three unincorporated communities for some unknown reason were 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 highlighted. Well sure because that's uh, that that's where a lot of participation a lot and, and some of the worst traffic in the county happens to be. Town mm-hmm. and country is horrible. Well we know about Brandon uh, and I went to Brandon High School, I love Brandon, but Highway sixty and Lumpston and those roads are horrific. Um, and even it's getting really bad in South County too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of it's because development has t- mm-hmm. taken 
uh, hold in those areas over common sense in a yeah. lot of areas. Yeah, and it's and again, it's just wrong that those three unincorporated communities were highlighted when they're not treated any differently than the rest of unincorporated Hillsborough County. Uh, the fourth and final issue is one that we've raised uh, recently. Um, you know, as as we were uh, doing our homework and. Uh, preparing uh, legal drafts and things like that, we said, you know, the Hillsborough County Charter has um, a single-issue provision, like, like, like many of these types of documents do, that, that says that if you're going to take something to the voters to amend the charter, has to deal with one thing, one issue. And we allege and believe strongly uh, that what was presented to the voters does not amount to a single issue because it not only, uh, this charter amendment not only levies the tax, but it also deals with the Independent Oversight Committee and with the predetermined spending allocations. Uh, we think that that violates the single subject provision within the charter itself. Or at least it's, at least violates the spirit of, his, of, of, of the provision. Absolutely. Um, so where are we now? Uh, I read in uh, on, on TampaBay.com that the lawsuit that you have filed has been tossed out on its ear, and um, they're moving they're moving forward with with pace and vigor. Um, so, but I don't really think I hear from a uh, little birdie. That's not really the situation. So, what's yep. actually where are we in all of this? So, all for transportation, which is the political group that was behind um, getting this on the ballot. Uh, yes, they issued a big press release that said that a couple months back that the judge uh, dismissed the lawsuit. You know, I had um, a, a journalist with the liberal mainstream media acknowledge to me that all for transportation's press release was just patently dishonest, patently false. Um, this particular journalist was actually at the hearing where the judge made that ruling and said, you know, I was there, I heard what the judge said, I read their press release, and it's, it's, it's like, it's like they, they're reporting on something that didn't happen. So what the judge did a couple months back is I had originally brought this suit in my official capacity as a Hillsborough County Commission. He, he determined that I don't have standing in my official capacity as a county commissioner. So the ruling that he issued, um, it, is, it is a ruling of dismissal. It gets a little bit complicated legally. Um, but he offered a stay to amend the complaint with me suing in my capacity as a citizen versus in my official capacity as a county commission. We amended the complaint just like the judge requested. The lawsuits move forward uh, with me in my capacity as a citizen versus in my official capacity as a county commissioner. Got you. Um, now, um, so so I've sued a number of people, um, not, not people, but entities rather, in this lawsuit. Um, and by the way, I don't consider any of the defendants to be adversaries. I'm not alleging that any of the defendants in and of themselves have done anything wrong. They're all simply being named as defendants because they play some role in implementing this new charter provision. So I've sued um, Hillsborough County, uh, the very government that I oversee as, as one of the, the, the members of the county commission. We've sued um, 
uh, obviously the Metropolitan Planning Organization, HART, they receive funding, um, and HART gets some picks to the Independent Oversight Committee. I've sued all three cities. They receive special funding, get picks to the committees as well. A uh, couple of the constitutional officers, like the clerk of the court, the tax collector, and the property appraiser, um, because uh, in the clerk's case, both because uh, the clerk um, uh, handles uh, the monies and, and has, plays a role in the disbursements, but also gets a pick to the committee. Tax collector, property appraiser get picks to the committee, and the Florida Department of Revenue because they play a role in handling uh, the monies as well. So I say all this because um, one of the legal strategies um, of the defendants um, headed, headed up by Hillsborough County with its outside counsel has been to file what's known as a bond validation hearing. Um, and I'll get into that in a moment. But my original suit has been consolidated with this bond validation hearing, and they're traveling together now. Uh, so what, what the county's opted to do is, is um, to um, enact a resolution saying that it wishes to bond some of these dollars. And before they move forward with the bonding, they want the judge to weigh in and determine whether or not the charter amendment is consistent with general law. Um, which it basically asks the same questions that my lawsuit asks. Here's the interesting thing, though, about a bond validation hearing. Bond validation hearings were created to be expedited processes, which means that on an appeal in a bond validation hearing, you bypass the second district court of appeals, the second DCA, oh dear, and you go straight to the Florida Supreme Court. Wow. So if they're, and by the way, the hearing is this Friday, it's May 3rd, this Friday. Um, so if there are any appeals to the, to the local judge's ruling, those appeals will go straight to the Florida Supreme Court. It's interesting to note for your listeners that everyone has standing in a bond validation hearing. Everyone? Everyone. Wow. So if anyone wants to be heard in this bond validation hearing, they have a right to show up to the Edgecombe Courthouse this Friday, May 3rd at 930. It's going to be heard by Judge Barbas, and they have an opportunity to, to be heard in this bond validation hearing. There's also a class action lawsuit that's been filed, completely independent of my lawsuit, wow. but, um, but it's asking the same legal questions as well. And I think there's an attempt to get it consolidated and get it traveling as well. Who's filed that lawsuit, do you know? Um, I do know that it's some attorneys out of the Jacksonville area and Washington, D.C., but I don't know much more about okay. it from there. But that one is a class action lawsuit, which is interesting to know. That's interesting because a lot of people can participate, you know, where there are, a lot of people can participate. Absolutely. Wow. So I know I've thrown a lot at you there. A lot. But I wanted to get all the details. Which is why I came, there, so. which is why I wanted to sit down with you for a few minutes because yeah. a lot of people don't. My guess is that, that nobody knows. You know, the, all the inside yeah. baseball stuff yeah. that's actually going on. I'll just close by saying that this is not a legal stunt. Uh, there are very real legal issues here. Um, I'm asking to have very real legal questions answered. This is about the rule of law and how we're going to do things in this country. Um, I, I, I hate to see an opportunity for moneyed special interests to do an end run around the rule of law. 
in this in this country. This this literally has ramifications across the entire state of Florida. Um, so we want these questions answered. I will note that um, my attorneys are representing me on a pro bono basis. They're not charging me a dime. Uh, my lead attorney is uh, Chris Altenburn. He's a former justice on the second DCA. Um, um, a uh, uh, a uh, preeminent uh, legal scholar and a highly respected attorney in downtown Tampa. Um, so I have great legal representation. He's doing this pro bono because he wants what's best for the community, and he sees that this thing as it stands is just wrong. So he supports me in my endeavor. Now, there have been some articles about public dollars being spent on this. Yes, the counties and the cities and other agencies have spent some money on defense, um, but it's small in the grand scheme of things in our budgets, and it's money well spent to get these these very critical legal questions answered. Yeah, it would, it, it would seem like if these questions aren't answered and answered in the proper way, you could have any moneyed interest come into any community and then use the taxpayer as their bank to fund whatever projects they wanted to at this point. That's a great way to put it, and you've hit the nail on the head. Yeah. So I'm really glad that we got to talk about this in the long form. Um, again, um, this Friday, um, because this, this podcast is going to be up as soon as I can fight the traffic and get back mm-hmm. home. Um, so this Friday at, at the Edge, at, at um, Edgecombe Courthouse, mm-hmm. um, people can come and at 9.30 and it's ju- and the, the name of the judge thing? It's going to be heard by Judge Rex Barbas, Barbas, B A R B A S, and everybody there, everybody has standing. So, and if you really, really want to know what's happening, my, my just like always, come and find out for yourself. Um, don't wait until you read it on TampaBay.com or, or or whatever. Please don't wait till you read it from them um, or some other local <clears throat> uh, media sources. Uh, go and find out for yourself because you do have standing there. And uh, I hope that um, I'm, I'm able to see everybody there because I'm going to be there at 9.30 on Friday. Yes. And I'll be there. I'm, I'm probably going to park at my house and walk. <laughs> but that's going to be okay. Um, Commissioner White, thank you again for your time. And thanks for spending some time with us and, and explaining exactly what's going on. I think a lot of people don't know. Um, I know that you're a very busy person, so I'm going to get out of your hair and get back downstairs. So, again, thank you again for participating. And, and if people want to get a, get a hold of you and see how they can help, how can they do that? Is it possible? Yes, I can be reached at my office, uh, 813-272-5740. We can answer any questions about this, and I do appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. Oh, thank you ever so much for um, spending some time with us. All right, we got to get out of here and make room for somebody else. So until we see you again, go out there and learn something, love somebody, and for goodness sakes, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, Take care of yourself. We will see you when we see you. Bye-bye now. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 